The cruise uh, was amazing. I still feel like the whole, you know, room is kind of moving back and forth. So uh, I didn't get seasick. No, no. But it was, uh, it was a great experience, and it's great to be back. Uh, David in Psalm 27.4 says, One thing I ask of the Lord, one, one thing only, that I may be with you my whole life long. That I may be with you my whole life long. Uh, was David, uh, he, he said, may, that I may be with you in your house my whole life long. And so was David asking for, to be in this four-walled building? Was David asking to kind of be separated from society, be separated from people? No, he, he was asking that he could dwell in the presence of God his whole life long. And, and we've been practicing the presence of God. We've been going through this series on practicing the presence of God. And that's been our prayer, that we may dwell with God um, all the days of our lives, moment by moment, that we could practice his presence. I'd like to pray to open uh, this service. Heavenly Father, we come before your, your throne of grace, uh, humbled by your never stopping, never giving up, always and forever focus on us. Moment by moment, we have your gaze. Moment by moment, we have your love. Moment by moment, you are present with us. We right now confess that uh, this past week, moment by moment, we have not been focused on you. We have not been present to you. Uh, and we ask right now that uh, you would unite the desires of our hearts, that we would be like David, the man who is after your own heart, that, that the desires of our hearts would be focused on one thing, one thing only, that we may dwell in your house our whole life long. Would you satisfy us in your presence? Would you speak to each one of us through your word? Would you speak to each one of us through the worship? Speak for your servants who are listening. Through Christ we pray, and all God's children said. Well, welcome, everybody. And um, my name is Nico. I'm joined by Mark and Stephanie. And um, I want to invite you to, if you're willing and able, to stand up with us as we, we sing praises to... The, God and whether you can sing or you think you cannot sing that's not what's important it's focusing our hearts on on God and on his greatness and that's what we want to do this morning
Can I please have all the kids come up and join me by the cross? You can sit closer. There's a lot less of you this week. So good morning. So last week, we learned about treasure, right? And we saw that God's word could be a treasure to us. And we learned it here, but we also saw it could go in here. So we learned Isaiah 43, 5. And it was a very short little sentence. Does anyone remember what that verse was telling us? I'll start it off for us. Do not... Do not what? Do not be afraid, because why? Yeah, and he says, for I am with you. So the Lord is with you. Thank you. Thank you, Clara and Noah. Yeah, so we learned that last week, and I kept thinking about that and putting it in my heart all week. Because you know what? There were some times this week where I was scared. Was anybody else scared this week at any time? Yeah, you were scared? Yeah, just even for a little bit? Yeah. So I had to go teach at a new school. And I teach all the time. So you think I wouldn't be scared about teaching at a new school. But even though I'd been to that school before, I was scared about a few things. I was scared I would get lost going to the school. That's kind of silly, because I knew where the school is. But you never know. I was scared I wouldn't find the classroom. Wouldn't that be bad? You have to teach in a classroom, but you don't know where the classroom is. But I figured my coworker, who had already been there, could tell me where I was going. And then I thought, what if the kids didn't like me? I mean, that's not really bad. You just keep teaching anyway. So I was scared of all these things. But I made it to the school. I remember I kept thinking, okay, don't be scared. Why? Because God is with me. And so I prayed. I said, you're with me. 
help me not to be scared, help me to go teach this class. So I found the school, I even got there early. I went inside, they told me exactly where my classroom was. My coworker even showed me, hey, this is where you're supposed to go. And I went inside and the teacher was very nice and the students, all the kids I was teaching, it was grades one and two I was teaching mad science. They were all so nice. They didn't mind that I was new. They didn't mind I was taking over for their other teacher who couldn't teach them anymore. So they helped me pass out name tags and we had a really great class. So it was a really fun experience. But what helped me through it was knowing that God was with me and I didn't have to be afraid. Okay? So what I've just told you was basically a small testimony. Does anyone know what a testimony is? No? Basically, it's a story about yourself and where you learn something about God or let God help you. So did God help me this week? Okay. And did I just tell you a story about myself in which God helped me? Yeah, so I just gave you a little testimony. Okay. So you can think about maybe any time this week where God helped you. Did God help you at all this week, any place? Anybody? Jess, did God help you at all this week? I'm going to pick on a big kid here. God helped me every day this week. I ask God for help every single morning because I haven't been feeling that great. But then as the day goes on, I feel a little bit better. And it's just because I've got a cold, but I feel like it's because I ask God for help and he's there with me. <laughs> Thank you, Jess. So all your testimony is basically doing even something short like that, saying, I needed help and God helped me. So we're going to pray now, and then I'll send you off to Kids Village. So repeat after me. Thank you, Jesus, that you are always there to help us when we're scared, when we have to do hard things, and even when times are good. You are there. Thank you, we can tell our stories of you. Amen. Okay, at this time we're going to take up our offering. If you're a guest, please feel free to pass the uh, offering basket by. Um, this is another way that we give up our praise and worship to God by giving a little bit back to what he's so generously given to us. Thank you.
Well, good morning. My name is Terrence Gilstra, and I'm going to be leading us in a time of prayer together. But before I do that, I just wanted to highlight two things. One, one is on our Christian calendar, this coming week is the first uh, day of Lent, which is a time of year where we, ex we remember and set a time about a month leading up to um, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is Easter. So for us, those of us who live in Thorold in the surrounding area, I want to let you know that uh, the Thorold churches are having Lent services every Thursday afternoon at 12, and you're all invited to come. So I wanted to highlight that. Another thing I wanted to highlight was um, what's happening in, in my life. Um, it was about um, two months ago that the, the village church decided to call my wife Karen and I to plant a missional community in downtown Thorold along with a group of people and uh, I got to tell you that so many cool things are happening in that area and it's so amazing to see what God is doing and in, in, in us in this in this group that's working together we've committed to pray together and to seek God's will together and that's that's going so well and uh, we're making connections in the community one thing I wanted to share is, is what we've done as a group. There's about eight or nine of us as a, as a core team. We, we've met to pray every week on Tuesday. And we've just been praying and, and seeking God's will and asking what, what is God calling us to lean into in our community. And it's been great to see the, the way that God has, has been leading in that area. In particular, we, we have a vision called Next 30 where we want to see 30 people. It's our desire to see 30 people come to Christ the next three years in downtown. So g given that reality, one thing that we sense God leading us towards is to cultivate a culture of discipleship. Because if we trust our God to transform lives, and, and as people come to Christ, uh, we don't want to leave them in the lurch. We, we want to journey with them. So we want to cultivate this culture of discipleship. So I just wanted to share that. Some, some, one thing that's been happening. And uh, at this point, I, I want to go in, into prayer together. And uh, as Mark said, I, I want to focus on uh, presence. The presence of God. And, and as I do that, I wanted to share, it's kind of a, a verse or a poem that I've gone back to for over a year now. And, it, and it's about resting in the presence of God. I want to read it together and then go into a time of prayer. So if I could, I invow, invite us to, to bow our heads, and fold our hands, and just be present to God as we, as we pray. And I'll start with this. We stand in the midst of nourishment, and we starve. We dwell in the land of plenty, yet we persist in going hungry. Not only do we dwell in the land of plenty, we have the capacity to be filled with the utter fullness of God. In light of such possibility, what happens? Why do we drag our hearts? lock up our souls? Why do we limp? Why do we straddle the issues? Why do we live so feebly, so dimly? Why aren't we saints? Each of us could come up with individual questions, answers to these questions, but I want to suggest here a common cause. The reason we live life so dimly 
and with such divided hearts is that we have never learned how to be present with quality to God, to self, to others, to experiences and events, to all created things. We have never learned to gather up the crumbs of whatever appears in our path at every moment. We meet all these lovely gifts only half there. Presence is what we are all striving for, real presence. We are too busy to be present, too blind to see the nourishment and salvation in the crumbs of life, the experiences of each moment. Yet the secret of daily life is this. There are no leftovers. There is nothing, no thing, no person, no experience, no thought, no joy or pain that cannot be harvested and used for nourishment on our journey to God. God, as your people, we admit that we haven't always been present to you, God. God, we ask that you would forgive us for not seeing you in the crumbs of life. God, we ask that by your Spirit, you would make us aware of how you're working in, in the most mundane things. Make us so aware of your presence, God. Whatever it might be, where we might be at work, with a friend, in a, in a moment where there seems to be no peace, God, we pray that through this week we would be so aware of your presence, whether that means as we start work, we just take a, a moment to pause and think, God, thanks for being here. God, make us present to you, but also make us present to our community. Make us present to our neighbor. Not just the kind of presence where we just say, hi, Lord, but presence where we take a step of courage and bravery towards connecting and deep, deepening relationship. And God, as we share story and testimony this morning here, as a church, God, we ask that we be present to the stories of how you're working in people's lives. Give us courage to share of how your spirit is working, but give us courage to listen and to ask, how is God speaking to me? How is God nourishing me in this moment? God, help us to be present even now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Terrence. Uh, those congregational prayers are often the highlight for me of the service because it's a time when we together just bring our hearts before, before God. So thank you for that, Terrence. We're continuing, actually this is our last sermon in a sermon series on practicing the presence of God in a distracted age. Uh, Jesus said uh, just before he went up to be with his father, he said, I am with you always uh, to his disciples. And somehow, uh, day in, day out, we can, we can miss that. 
we can miss that he's present to us right where we are. And so this whole sermon series was focused on, okay, how do we cultivate the presence of, how do we cultivate an awareness of the presence of God in our midst? And so uh, you can move to the next slide uh, and the slide after that. And so what we did was this uh, 30-day challenge. Where we said, okay, uh, we, we want to do some little act. We want to try something, almost an experiment, that would, uh, that, would, that would invite each one of us to taste and see who God is throughout our day. And many of us, you know, we've, we've grown up not with any kind of faith background. And so uh, these kind of rituals of, uh, for instance, morning, uh, morning quiet time, as some people have put it, or, or a, a dinner time devotional, we're not used to that sort of thing. And so the idea of this 30-day challenge was, hey, why don't you try something? Uh, why don't you just give something a shot? And so some people, they tried um, different prayer practices. Other people tried memorizing scripture, and different things were done. And so the whole focus of this service is to just listen to those stories, uh, to listen to what uh, God has been doing in our midst as we've kind of been taking this step of faith. And someone said to me once, uh, just when we were in kind of pre-service prayer, they said, uh, this service is actually more of a step of faith than a normal service because we're kind of just getting out of the way and we want to just listen to what God has been doing. Um, so normally it's just like, well, Mark's got his sermon, boom, bang. <laughs> we'll just kind of listen to that. And it, it could lead to a bit more of like a, a almost like a, a passive religion, not intentionally, but it could, right? Um, and where kind of our our uh, faith muscles uh, aren't being used. And so uh, with, whenever you declare uh, a testimony, what you're doing is you're, you're flexing those faith muscles. And so I want to, if you can go to the next slide, this scripture has been in my mind constantly lately, and I, I'm not sure why, um, but maybe, maybe it's been for this service. Uh, and they overcame him, and that's the enemy, that's, uh, that's the evil one, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So there's, there's a, a real, and I, what, I, what I noticed with both of those, with the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, both of those require faith, right? Because uh, you have an accuser, and an enemy who's constantly coming at you, and by faith you declare, in the blood of the lamb, I'm holy, in the blood of the Lamb, I'm dearly loved. In the blood of the Lamb, I know I'm God's child who's been bought with a price, with the blood of, of his son. So, so there's, there's a faith to, to overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb. And it says, and by the word of their testimony. So there, there's something about testimony that's incredibly important. And so as we take some time aside and just share, you can move to the next slide. Um, uh, for some of us, I had this slide up a couple weeks ago, but I th 
I wanted to use it again. For some of us, kind of in that white circle, that's everything we've done, and kind of sharing a testimony is kind of going into the black nothingness where we've never been before. It's scary. Um, and I just want to challenge you to maybe take a risk. You don't need to, this is totally voluntary, right? Like maybe 10% of us in this church right now will share, um, and that's totally okay. Uh, but uh, I want to invite you to to maybe flex your faith muscles as we go into this question. Uh, what has God been doing in your life and in our church? Okay? Uh, listen up. This is very important. Uh, every, every day, every week, we're trying to pay attention to what God's doing around us. And there's things that you see, there's things that God's been doing in you that he wants you to spread. And, and as you spread those things, you experience his presence in a, in a powerful, wonderful way. And I've, I heard this line before, God doesn't call us in without sending us out, right? God doesn't teach us something without inviting us to, to share it and teach it to others. So that's what this uh, Sunday is going to, going to be about. Some of us will share about the 30-day challenge. Others us, of us uh, will share something else that, they, that you see God doing. Uh, there's going to be some silence. That's okay. God's Spirit is working in the silence. Uh, I'm going to pray to kick us off, and then we'll jump in. Father, would you uh, prompt those who are supposed to speak uh, to, to share, and would, would everything that is shared be, be glorifying to you? Uh, we uh, we want to lift your name up. I think a, a danger of this 30-day challenge could be that we, we focus on what we did in the past 30 days. And I know for me, it's really not that much. Um, but uh, would you focus our eyes on what uh, you have done uh, in each one of us and in this community in the past 30 days? Uh, through Christ, we pray. Amen. Okay. Uh, I will set the mic down. Uh, who would like to share uh, what you've seen God doing in your own life? Hello. This is awkward. Uh, my name is Stephanie, and um, over the past 30 days, I have made it a challenge challenge for myself to listen to certain passages of the Bible on my way to work and I have gone through the book of James and I'm in the process of going through the book of Revelation and which has been more of a challenge than just <laughs> anything um, and it has been really wonderful and through that I've seen God refining me through this process and there is nothing that starts my day better than listening to God's word. And every time um, that I listen to something, I learn something, something new. And it applies. It's funny how it applies to your life sometimes without even searching or seeking that out. Um, like there's, um, there's a part in James where it says, um, take your opportunities, sorry, take your trials as an opportunity to rejoice because the trials that you face um, make you more mature in your faith and, and refine you. And I've been seeing that a lot um, in, in my life, especially probably um, within the past few months, and really been able to, um, 
to take that to heart and rely on God with, um, with my trials and actually be able to, to praise him because of that. And um, another thing that I've been, or God's been revealing to me through revelation is how powerful God is and how, um, how much hope we actually can have if we believe in Jesus. And there was, um, <laughs> there was actually a day where I was listening to this, this part of Revelation, and I got emotional myself. And it was talking about um, John has been basically taken up to heaven, and he is seeing this vision of um, a closed scroll. And the scroll, he knows, he's seen like all the, dis- the destruction in the world and how much the world needs a savior and needs hope. And he knows that that scroll represents the redemption of the world. And someone, there's an elder that says, who is worthy? Nobody is worthy to open this scroll. And John just weeps. He starts crying because he knows how broken the world is. And then he sees a lamb. And I just started just crying in that moment and saying like, wow, this is, this is nothing. Like, what we're experiencing in this life is nothing compared to um, how powerful God is and that God can take any situation that you're in and he, he's already won. And so we can have such, a, such an incredible hope in knowing that Jesus um, is Lord, that he is on his throne, and that he is ready um, to open that scroll and redeem the world, which is just, um, just a beautiful picture. If you... Uh, want to read Revelation, do it. <laughs> it's scary, but yeah, it's really um, been impacting me. So there you go. Thank you, Steph. That was powerful. <laughs> Such a gift. Um, So uh, I'm Ian, by the way. I uh, chose a fairly simple one for myself because I love music. So I have a Google Home device where I could just tell Google what I want to do. So I say, Google, play me Hillsong Kids, which is basically a, a playlist of all kinds of music, and worship music. And as soon as I say that, I say, OK, Google, and all of a sudden, Abigail's sitting there, and she turns and looks towards the device, and just a huge, joyful smile on her face. So. I guess for me, the way that I see God working in my life is through my love of music, I can instill uh, love for Jesus in my child, which is uh, very, very powerful for me. And uh, it's a powerful message for everybody that just playing a worship music in your house, around your kids, and just reminding them that God loves them is such an important thing in, in parenthood or even uh, as aunts and uncles or grandparents, so. It's beautiful. Thank you, Ian. Two things. Um, Yesterday would have been Emo's birthday. The reminder that God gave me in the devotional was, I am your husband. 
and it just brought tears to my eyes because I just feel that so powerfully that he's always there, that I am never alone, that he is reminding me over and over again of his love and care for me. And it was just such a powerful reminder to me. And the second thing is, was a challenge. Hilda shared with me that she had given her neighbor an amaryllis for Christmas. And when it was blooming, the neighbor brought it back to her and said, here, I want to share it with you. And that just really moved me. And I thought, I wonder if I can be that generous. There are times when I can, and there are other times that I think, no, I'm not really that generous. But then last year, after Emo passed away, my neighbor gave me this white double flowering amaryllis, and it had about 15 flower buds on it. It is stunning. And um, it's blooming again. And so I'm looking at this amaryllis, and I'm thinking, this lady, I have to tell you, this lady that gave it to me, uh, she would say she has absolutely nothing in her life. She is immobile. She is a single, um, a very difficult personality. I have tried to stay in touch with her. I've not been too successful in the last, but I thought, okay, God, I feel that you're challenging me to share this with her, not just a picture on internet, which I've done. Um, so I made the first effort yesterday. I called her and said, can I bring this over? I didn't tell her what it was I was bringing over, and she did not respond. She often doesn't answer her phone. And now I'm fighting the desire to say, God, let her say no. <laughs> But I know that I will be blessed, and God will grow me through this experience if I can be that generous and say, yes, I really want you to share in this, in this beautiful gift of God. So thank you. Thank you, Pauline. Yes, Peter. I'm getting old. As an elderly veteran, what the Lord has done for me. I loved him when I'd heard of him in Sunday school, where my sisters took me every Sunday. He now is always on my mind. He made me a good person and a very good character. He is changing me in my age to be a good elderly person. 
I'm always a constant friend, a constant elderly friend. I, may <coughs> I maintain a good and likable personality. I love you all, Peter. Thank you, Peter. I don't have so many words as, as others, but I'll tell you a little bit. I have an elliptical bicycle that doesn't get used as much as it should. And when we had this 30-day challenge, the paper had a picture of, of um, memorization with running shoes. So I decided I would try to combine the two. And that has worked. I have put the verses I want to memorize, taped it onto the bike, and now I got two things to get me going, the memorization and, and the bike. And yeah, I haven't been successful every day, that's for sure, but it has helped me memorize some verses. And knowing these scripture verses keeps it in my heart. God tells me, do not be anxious. Do not think of myself more highly than I ought. And trust in the Lord, and he will direct my path. Those are words that are fast in my head now. Thank you. Thank you, Jeanette. Okay, yeah. so um, when Mark put the picture <laughs> that I took of me in my room kneeling by my bed, I kind of felt like more challenged, like, oh, I really have to stay on top of it now because everyone's going to know that I'm doing it. So um, one of the things I did, so this isn't something I've practiced before, kneeling um, intentionally um, every day. So I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to get out of this. So originally I decided I'm going to read, I'm going to go through the book of Psalms and I'm just going to start at Psalm 1 and then the next day I'll do Psalm 2. And I set my alarm to 10 p.m. So that kind of, um, what I liked about that is it made me aware that like, oh, I actually have to go home to spend time with God. Like if I'm out somewhere else, it's kind of like, oh, no, actually, I have a date with God right now. <laughs> Sorry. So that, um, it's good because it kept me disciplined. I mean, I pray and read a lot, but it, I felt more intentional about my time with him, and there was more purpose to it. So as I was starting through the Psalms, I actually, um, I had one day where I kind of just like, was kneeling, and then I looked at my bookshelf, and this book was sitting on top of my other books. So this is actually a devotional book. It's called um, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality Day by Day. So the way they have it structured is they have two minutes of silence, a scripture reading, a devotional, then they have a question, then they have a prayer that you can do, followed by another two minutes of silence. So this was really good. Um, and I would actually set an alarm to have those minutes of silence where I'm just actually practicing listening. So um, what I feel like I've gotten out of this is um, I have like more reverence towards God and just the act of kneeling 
um, and also I feel more disciplined uh, with my time. So it's been really fruitful. Thank you, Amanda. Really quick. Um, something that I've been doing for the last little bit is, um, which has been different for me, is every time I washed my hands or my hands were in water, I just sensed God's presence. So I said, God, I feel you. I know you're in this home. And it just, or even if I was out and about washing my hands, whatever I was doing, it just made me constantly feel that God was around and with me. It was just such a simple practice. The simpler, the better. <laughs> uh, anyone else feel like they'd like to share? I don't want to force anyone, uh, but if there's... Thank you, Klaus. I was not planning to come out here and, and uh, give a testimony. I was not. But God let me to go right now. So my heart is broken. I missed my wife. The Lord took her, and why? I do not know. Why God took her? I don't know. Just to punish me? No. But I know that God is merciful, and I know that God is all loving. And I'm thankful that God has been with me in these days, in the last 10 weeks, that God took Fanny. I miss her. It's okay. I know that the Lord is with me. Had been with me for the last 10 weeks. Every day, you know, I've been blessed by children, with meals given by you, each one, and I'm thankful for that. God has been close to me, and he helped me in all that I've done. And he also comforted me every day again, because there's lots of days I have tears in my eyes, that I cry, and I'm lonely. But I know that God is with me, and I felt his closeness every day, and sometimes four times a day or five times a day. Uh, God has brought me closer to himself, and, and, and I felt God's presence through our church, through, through the pastor, through the words were spoken, the prayers given, and we are blessed, all of us, and we feel God's closeness when we are in need. And, and, and sometimes I, I think myself, how close can I get to the Lord? But the Lord, every time when I cry a little bit or at night and go to bed, I on my knees for, for before I pray, before I go to sleep, and God is with me. And I feel his closeness. And I know that the Lord loves me. And I love him too. And I express that all every day again. My prayers is more, Lord, I love you, Lord. And I'm thankful for you. Please bring us what we are in need of, each one of us. And Lord, we pray for the church and for the people and for Mark. So we, I have been blessed. We are blessed every day again. Might be not always the way we feel, but it is that God is close to us. And we can believe that. And we're thankful for that. Thank you very much. Thank you, Klaus. I 
I'd just like to share two things. Last week, when I did the message, I shared my fear of flying and that I was going to fly to Vancouver uh, that evening, uh, last Sunday evening. And uh, so as I was sitting in the plane reciting my usual scriptures, I just felt God's peace come over me, and, and I just knew that some of you were praying uh, as well. But I sat on that tarmac for two hours while they tried to fix electrical problems in the plane. It's like, yeah, you need electricity, right, when you fly a plane? So it's like God was testing me <laughs> or showing me that he could give me his peace even in the midst of that. So, and I held that peace uh, throughout the flight. So thanks for praying, but also just acknowledge that God does give peace uh, and he does take away uh, his fear uh, or my fears of flying. The second thing, the challenge that I took on is I have been um, praying twice a day the scripture uh, where uh, Jesus says in Luke 10 verse 2, he says, uh, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Ask therefore the Lord of the harvest to pray for more laborers for the harvest field. And so I said, uh, or Bill did because I'm not technology smart, uh, I set an alarm for that time in the morning and in the evening, just as a reminder uh, to pray uh, for more laborers uh, for the harvest. And what it has done in my life, I think it has given me uh, a greater awareness that the harvest is plentiful. God says there's nothing wrong with the harvest. It's there. But also that he is the Lord of the harvest. Uh, I'm a doer. I just like to do things. But it's just really given me a reminder is pray. Pray that God would send more people. Pray that God would pass on that vision uh, for the harvest uh, to more people. So it's been a really good uh, experience these last uh, number of weeks that I've been doing that. Anyone else? I just wanted to share with you what God's been doing with me. Um, he's done a lot of healing in my life over the last, since I came to this church, actually. This church has been very healing for me. I've had a lot of hurt in my life. I've had a lot of pain in my life. Um, Klaus, I never knew about your wife, and I am so very sorry, but God loves you so much. He loves you so much. Um, Ten years ago, It'll be 10 years this August that I lost my son in a roofing accident. And since that happened, God has shown me the importance of love. Love is so important. And what is the one thing that Christ gave all of us? He gave us love. When he died on that cross for our sins, he gave us love. He showed us the greatest gift, the gift of love. And he's really been working in me over the last I would say two months to show love. I know three people who have lost their wives in the past month. And God has enabled me to go to them and just sit with them and share his love because I've been through loss of my son. So I understand what they're going to go through. And even last night, um, 
I've been very conflicted over the last few months about, pl I, I play in a country music band. My brother decided to put the band together again after 30 years. And um, last night, I really didn't want to go. I played last night and I didn't want to go. But as I got in the building, all of a sudden I felt this sense of love. And it was like, I just heard God say, go to this person and sit and talk to them. Go to this person and sit and talk to them. And I tried to follow that every single time he prompted me. And last night, there was a group of people who came in that come into my coffee shop where I work. And they know my boss. And they know the struggles that I've had with my boss. And uh, I was able to witness to them last night how God has changed my heart towards my boss. And how I, because I, I, I had been praying, I said, Lord, I don't want to dislike my boss. I don't want to hate him. I don't want to feel anger or animosity towards him because we have a conflict of interest and we have a little bit of um, personality differences, him and I. So I have really been praying for him over the last couple of months. And my, my group that I get together with on Wednesday nights at Tim Hortons, they've been praying for us as well. And I was able to witness to these people who happened to know my boss very, very well. And I was able to witness to them about how, and, and I was telling them, I said, I've been praying for him. I said, I've been, because they were, they were asking how things were going. And I said, I've been praying for him and I see a drastic change. And they said, you know what? We've seen a drastic change in him. He's happier. He's not as angry. And she said, it's not his personality to be like that. Um, so I'm really seeing God move, and love is the key. It is the key. If you can spend a few moments with somebody and just pour out love on them, ask God to use you to just pour out love. The Bible says love covers over a multitude of sins. Love draws. So all, all I can say to you is go out there and love. Spend a few minutes with people. Just listen to them. Talk to them. Even if you don't share Christ with them, just show love. Just show love. Love reaches out. It draws them. It draws them to him. And then pray for them. He's taught me the importance of praying. Praying for your enemies. Praying for people you don't get along with. Praying for people that you don't understand why they're like they are or why you're like you are. Sometimes you have to examine yourself and say, what is it in me that triggers that anger towards that person? So I've been praying through those issues, and I've noticed such an, an amazing, amazing transformation, not only in myself, but in those around me that I've been reaching out to, that I've been showing the love of Christ. And that's what I just want to share with you. Just reach out. Show love. Show companionship. Show time. Just spend time with people. Talk to them. Listen to what they're saying. And if you can share Christ in that moment, use that moment to share Christ with them. Let's bow our heads in prayer. King Jesus, we honor you. We lift up your name right now. We read the scripture that uh, you said you are with us always. Uh, we thank you that you are with us when uh, we're talking to the Google device. <laughs> You're with us at the country music bar. Uh, you are with us uh, when we're about to 
fly in a plane that doesn't seem to be working. <laughs> uh, you're uh, with us wherever we go. And we thank you that uh, even though we just had this wonderful opportunity to share the ways in which you've been with us, the ways that you've been working in our midst, we thank you that we only shared less than 1% <laughs> of what you're doing. We thank you that, that you are so active in our midst, and we, we praise you for this, and we praise you for uh, your faithful love uh, to this church and your faithful love for each one of us. And we uh, ask that as we um, close this service that uh, you would even now be uh, opening our eyes, that we could, as, as Darlene said, that we could be seeing people with fresh eyes, with fresh love as we go into our week, uh, that you would be empowering us and filling us and using us and uh, in ways that we never even would have asked or imagined because you're, you're that kind of God. And uh, we thank you that uh, whatever trials, whatever, and I know there are so many that weren't even mentioned. Uh, and I think Klaus's story really can trigger many losses that many of us have had. We thank you that in all these things, uh, you are Lord. You are Lord of our lives. You're Lord of this church. And you are Lord of all of history. And at the same time, you are with us. As we feel like we might be taking three steps forward, four steps back, whatever. You are, you are with us and you are working with us. And we thank you that as we work out our salvation, uh, you are at work within us uh, for your good pleasure, for your glory, for our good. We praise you. We love you. Thank you for being our God, for the privilege we have of being your people. Through Christ we pray. Amen. I think as, as we've had this 30-day challenge, the, the one thing that came to me is that I cannot do this alone. And as we close, I invite you to stand up with us as we sing that we, we need the Lord in, in doing this. Uh, we cannot do this on our own.
opening scripture passage, we learn uh, Jesus said, I will be with you always. Jesus said, I will be with you always. My presence will be with you always. My love will be with you always. My peace will be with you always. But through the Holy Spirit, we learn that Jesus is not just with us. Through the Holy Spirit, he's in us. Jesus, Jesus is present in us always. His, his love is in us always. His peace is in us always. And, and as, you, as you leave this place, I'd invite you to open your hands and receive this blessing. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of our God, may the intimacy of his Spirit empower you in all that you do. May you know that you are in Christ, that you are in his love, that you are in his presence. Go now, empowered by that. And all God's children said,